Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Cassidy. So Cassidy is a full-time college student at UW-Madison, which if you don't know, is also where I happen to live. So we got to actually meet each other in person, which I haven't been able to do with a lot of podcast guests, but we're currently talking over Zoom. She is also a 200-hour certified yoga instructor, and I wanted to have her on the show to talk a little bit about yoga, because my experience with yoga is very limited. Like, I've done some Yoga with Adrian videos on YouTube, as a lot of people have. I think like her 30 day challenges and everything but when you sent me the list of topics like yoga related topics that you would like to talk about I just realized how much more in depth you can go into it and so I'm really excited to learn more from you so thank you so much for being on the show Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I think a lot of people see yoga as like just the physical practice, which we'll get into a little bit and like a very kind of limited view because that's what's pushed on us. So I'm excited to expand upon that a little bit. Yeah, and I'm excited to learn because I also see all these, you know, complicated poses. And I think a lot of times you can look at that and be like, oh, I can't possibly be flexible enough to get into that. Like yoga, yoga is not for me, but I think we'll learn today why that is false. So I guess I wanted to start off with how did you start to get interested in yoga and around when in your life did that happen? What resources did you learn from? Yeah, so I was a competitive dancer most of my life, so movement has always been like a pretty big part of my life, Um, but obviously competitive dance is a little less intuitive and mindful and a little bit more rigid. So I worked, um, I was working a part-time job at Yonkers, which is just like a retail store, and I saw a Facebook ad for a front desk and childcare like position at a local yoga studio. And I was like, that would be cool. Like, I don't really want to deal with cranky retail customers anymore. (laughs) And I had done yoga a couple of times. I kind of convinced my mom to like take me to some classes around town, like some of my mom's friends taught. Um, So I knew about it. I tried it. I knew I liked it, but I really just thought it was like a good way to stretch. I think like Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. So I interviewed for the job and I got it. I started working at that yoga studio in my hometown of Eau Claire. Um, I sophomore year of high school. So I worked there until I graduated high school. I still work there sometimes when I go visit back home. Um, So really being there, I was just surrounded by it. And of course, I got a membership and I was constantly taking yoga classes. I was around yoga teachers and I just loved the culture. And I was like, it's just so positive and uplifting and the coolest job ever. So that's kind of how I got into it and really started to dive in just taking opportunities and being surrounded by that energy all the time. So I kind of knew when I graduated high school that I wanted to get certified. It was something that I really wanted to share with others. So I got certified to teach in June 2018. It was a graduation present, partly, um, in Tomo, Wisconsin, actually. So I did a three-week intensive program at a studio there and came out a yoga instructor and have been learning since. I'm trying to do the math in my head. How many hours per day did you have to train in order to get that in just three weeks? 
So it's essentially, I mean, it's like a full-time job when you're doing it. So I think we would have like a class every morning that would be like 7 or 8 a.m. And then we'd go until like 5 or 6 p.m. And then there's some aspects that are like homework and like reading, some other things. But yeah, so some people will do it as an intensive. So it'll be like anywhere from three weeks to like a month. And then some people will do trainings as just like weekends and do it over like 10 months, a year. So yeah, I was like, well, I can take three weeks away from my life right now as a newly graduate graduated 18 year old so I did and I'm happy I did I felt like I could really like immerse myself and yoga was my full-time job for three weeks essentially yeah, that's super cool and I love how you almost kind of stumbled upon it by accident just from that Facebook ad <laughs> looking yes. for someone to work there and then you found this whole new passion of yours so I guess I want to talk about now uh, the misconception that some people have that yoga is just about the physical poses that you do. So in your opinion, how does yoga actually go beyond just what you do, um, like quote unquote, on the mat? And what are some practices that take it off the mat? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's very common that it's represented as a workout, especially in like the hot power classes. A lot of people will go as a workout class or maybe just as a stretching class. And like I said, that's how I got into it. I was a dancer. So I was like, yeah, I want an hour long stretching class. Like that sounds great. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of started to realize there was a little bit more there. So I think there's there's a space for the physical practice, absolutely, and it's kind of that gateway that gets people into yoga before they realize that there is so much more to it. So there are eight limbs of yoga. It's an eight limb path. So we won't get like completely into all the history Start and philosophy. Start taking notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what you do in a 200 hour teacher training is you mm. kind of start to get beyond that and learn a little bit more about all of that. So asana is the physical practice, the poses. So that's what we usually see. And that's one of the eight limbs. So when you think about that, you're like, that's such a small part of the practice, actually. So... The other limbs, um, pranayama is one, which is breath. There are the yamas and niyamas, which are the ethic codes, the ethical codes I like mm -hmm. to say of yoga. So things like truth and um, cleanliness. And then there are five other limbs. So those focus more on meditation. So things like self-study, concentration, focus. So yeah, there is a lot more to it than just the poses, but I think the poses can be a really good way to get started. So as far as like, I, I call them yoga off the mat practices. I think that's a good way to separate the physical practice from the, you know, off the mat practice, the other things we can do. So I kind of emphasize things like meditation is a big one. Um, journaling, mindfulness, those are some of the big ones that I like to teach my students. And some of those things will be incorporated in a yoga class so you know you'll be mindful when you're in a yoga class and you might do a short meditation at the end um, but things like journaling i know that's something that you talk about that's a way that we can practice self-study and turning inward mm -hmm. you know so these are everyday practices and we can really incorporate yoga into our everyday lives without feeling like we have to go to a yoga studio, put on expensive athletic clothes, find childcare, like drive there and take an hour or more out of our day. That's not realistic for a lot of us. So some of these little off the mat practices can be a really good way to just bring yoga into your everyday life. So actually before we, before we started recording this, we were just talking about 
the podcast that I recommended a little while back, the 10% Happier podcast, and an episode with Evelyn Trebol, who wrote uh, the book about intuitive eating. So that episode really impacted me, and you also listened to it, and you really liked it as well. How would you say that the topics that were talked about there, like the anti-diet culture and just letting go of all of the judgments that we place on food like what foods are good or bad or um, how do we view ourselves for eating certain foods how would you say that ties into all of the practices of yoga yes very closely actually (laughs) um so this is another big emphasis i really try to focus on accessible and body positive yoga in my business it's something that's important to me um so like i said i was in competitive dance for a long time which put a lot of pressure on me you know it was rigid it was you have to do everything a certain way and in dance eating disorders are super prevalent um you hear about that with ballet and stuff like that all the time so it was I was never really feeling good in my body. Um, So I found myself putting pressure on myself to go to the gym and diet and, you know, lose weight and all of these things. And it was really, it took me a long time and I'm still working on it to get beyond some of those beliefs, some of those things that Evelyn talked about in the um, intuitive eating podcast. So I kind of look back and I start to realize that like in high school, I would have school, part-time job, dance practice, you know, all these things. And then I'd be like, well, you need to count your calories and you need to go to the gym Mm -hmm. on top of this. And now I realize that ultimately doing that, I wasn't taking care of my mental health. I was not getting enough sleep. And really I was just trying to like fit into this weird expectation of like what I thought my body should look like. So yoga is really a practice of self-compassion and it's so not about, you know, being able to do a handstand like I think it's commonly portrayed as. Um, so we can, I think, you know, people think I'm, I'm not good enough to do yoga, I'm not flexible enough when that's not what yoga is. Yoga is a practice of kind of coming home to your body and being proud of what it can do for you and really being mindful and intuitive about if my body feels like this, then I need to take a step back. I need to take a day off of movement, you know, and that's being okay with that as well. So I think I yoga is a movement modality that works for me. It's something that I enjoy. I'm not a runner. Um, I go, I try once in a while. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to remind myself today why I don't really like running (laughs) and I'll go on a run and that's okay. You know, I think it took me a long time to get over thinking that I needed to like do the workout that would burn the most calories. And I have an Apple watch. I know you do too. So I was like, I got to close my rings and you know, as, as motivating as it is, it's also a little unhealthy. So now, you know, I do workouts because I enjoy them and I'll do yoga, I'll do dance classes, I'll do Pilates, but I'm not going to force myself to go on a run, even if it'll burn a hundred more calories, just because movement is now something that I see as kind of intuitive and as freeing for me, whereas I used to see it as more of a punishment and a way to shrink myself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that I ever really looked forward to. So yeah, that's a little bit about how those things tie in. Um, And it's, it's a journey. It's, it's, I feel like people struggle with this their whole lives. Most people, especially with media telling you that you have to look certain ways. So it's something that I'm still working on. I really like what you said about movement not being a punishment because I think the same thing they talked about regarding food 
where like eating health healthy food should not be a punishment for like eating junk food in the past or for not going to a workout or something like you should really just nourish your body and enjoy what you're eating kind of no matter what it is I also had a similar experience with like running and exercise in general thinking that I had to do certain types of exercise because those were the ones that were the most challenging and then I I don't even remember when I started going to these dance classes with my mom. It was before COVID, so I just lose all tr- all sense of time before then. But I started doing these dance classes with my mom for exercise, and I was just like, it can really be this much fun. Like, I love those classes so much, and I realized that I could pick what was fun and still, like, get get good exercise and feel good after it, but also, like, enjoy it in the moment. So that was a revelation I also remembered when I started doing yoga with Adrian, I didn't really understand how to properly do crunches until I did one of her videos. Like, have you ever done her challenges where on day six, it's always like the the core workout <laughs> I haven't done a full challenge I but I, I look at her account sometimes sometimes I get a little jealous I'm like her marketing team is great actually oh yeah um. yeah <laughs> it's like a little inside joke almost where anytime she does a month-long challenge day six is like a core workout but so the point was that she she made you like do it so slowly and breathe through the whole thing and like pay attention to everything and I was like oh, that's how you're supposed to like feel when you're doing crunches. And so I think whether or not the yoga movements that you're doing are physically challenging, it really like makes you aware of how you're moving. And I think that translates into any other type of movement that you do. So I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually, I was going to mention too, on the note of the physical practice of yoga, the physical practice of yoga and the poses come from originally they, I mean, they exist so that you can sit in meditation longer, which is so interesting Mm -hmm. because that was the whole intention behind yoga poses. So I think too, there's, I mean, there's definitely a place for challenging practices and it can be inner work to get beyond some of those mental blocks. Um, So that's why, you know, you'll see the power flow and you'll see the hard sweaty classes and there's a place for that. And I had to get beyond thinking that like yoga needed to be that too. So now I'll Mm -hmm. do a restorative class and I can hold it with just as much value as I hold a power flow class. I don't have to be like, I didn't burn the same number of calories or, you know, I didn't start sweating. So this wasn't like a good, (laughs) good use of my time. So yeah, there's so many different types of yoga too, that you can really find one that you, you enjoy and that nourishes you. So yeah. Yeah. So for someone who's listening, who hasn't maybe ever tried yoga, but is now interested in trying it out, where would you recommend they start? Like if they want to give a bunch of different kinds a try, where would be the place for them to start? So vinyasa flow is what I teach and it's really, it's pretty much what Yoga with Adrian teaches most of the time. It's kind of the baseline in the West for the style that you'll see a lot. Um, And that can be anywhere from like a slow flow to like a power flow. So that's what you're going to see. That's what I usually teach my beginner classes as. Um, But really my best advice, I would say start on YouTube, start free. You don't need to pay for anything except for, I mean, I have a beginner course, you know, if you want to enroll in something like that or like a workshop series that's local, something a little more 
kind of comprehensive to really get you introduced, but I would just start with experimenting. Find some free classes, try out some different teachers. Um, there's, I mean, you'll see a lot of vinyasa, but there's restorative and yin, which are both really, really slow, hold a pose for five minutes, which can sometimes honestly be more challenging because you do not want to sit still for that five minutes. That sounds difficult. Yeah, totally. And like your mind does not want to be still for that long either. So there's that. There's Ashtanga, which follows like a set series of poses every single time. So that's, mm. I've kind of heard, and I've only done it a couple times, but I've heard that that's good for like type A people who really want to like, you know, work through that progression before they move on. But yeah, I would say find a teacher that resonates with you, um, especially, you know, if if you're in a bigger body or you have an injury and you need different modifications, it's hard to do yoga with someone that maybe isn't necessarily having that same experience or isn't trained to give you that. So I think finding someone that can make it work for you and you have to know that you have to make it work for yourself as well. Um, so I always encourage, I like to call them like personalizations more than modifications because I think modification gives off the impression that like, well, if you use a prop, if you use a yoga block to, you know, find a little more balance in a pose, it's not as good. Well, no, you're just personalizing it. Yeah. Um, you're kind of making it your own. So I would say, yeah, find someone that works for you. Try out lots of different things. As far as other things for like starting a yoga practice, you don't need to go to a studio. I love practicing yoga at home. Um, it's accessible. It also doesn't need to be like a long time commitment. So I would encourage, you know, you don't even have to have a yoga mat. You can just <laughs> roll out a towel. You can just do it on your floor and just find a little bit of movement for five, 10 minutes. Um, and just start incorporating that into your everyday routine. You know, maybe one day you try to do one sun salutation and then the next day maybe you learn a little bit about the warrior poses and just learning a little bit more. You don't have to do anything fancy. And I know you talk a lot about um, like forming habits and routines as well. So I would encourage, you know, listeners to take some of those tips that you provide and apply them to maybe just starting to work a little bit of yoga <laughs> into their everyday life. So like... You can find bed yoga classes on YouTube too. Like you don't even have to get out of bed or get out of your pajamas. Yeah, and honestly, my yoga practice, personally, it's a lot of meditation and it's a lot of me waking up in the morning and doing five minutes of stretching before I start work just because I know it's gonna make me feel better. My body's gonna be less stiff. So yeah, start small and you don't, it doesn't have to be some like big production. <laughs> I like how you said, like, combine the the videos that I, the plenty of videos that I've done on habits and routines with the yoga practice so you don't have to, like, follow a super detailed or complex path, but it just, like, set aside some time every day and then explore whatever you feel like exploring. So then you also said that the yoga poses were actually intended to help you meditate longer. So do you have any resources for people who want to get started with meditation? Yes, so I love meditation. I've really gotten into it lately in the last, I'd say, year or so. Um, I try to practice it daily. And so just like yoga, starting meditation practice does not need to be difficult. If anything, meditation is one of the most accessible wellness practices out there. Essentially, you need to sit or lay down or even stand up somewhere and have a nice, long, straight spine. Uh, that's prerequisite one. 
and <laughs> that's honestly that's it. it. That's really it. Um, you know, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and that's it. You're meditating. So I would encourage people to start with guided meditations. That's how I started. That's what I still do and now create some of my own. Um, so you can find these on YouTube. You can search guided meditation for sleep or guided meditation for, you know, setting a morning intention. So or just a general one. So there's lots of different types of meditation. Um, you'll find a lot of mindfulness meditations, which is generally just being aware of your breath or being aware of your body, just kind of anchoring your awareness to a certain thing. Um, we have monkey minds that are all over the place and it can be really hard to still those. And that's really what meditation is about. So when thoughts come up, you say, okay, cool and then you just let it go and it's really as simple as that and um, I read a lot of studies about meditation like I love when new studies come out about it and all of them show that it takes not even two minutes a day to see results so that's another thing is just start working it in I know a lot of people will probably not in COVID because everyone's working from home but a lot of people will just meditate in their car before they like walk into their office in the morning and even if it's just for 60 seconds all the studies have shown that the neuroplasticity is there and your brain can physically literally change just with a couple minutes a day of meditation and I found that I like how it even kind of feels like it spills out beyond the time that you actually spend meditating. So, for example, something I've noticed is that if I meditate one day and then maybe I go on a walk, then suddenly my brain might be like, oh, you're lost in your thoughts. Like, just I just notice everything that's around me. I feel like the more of those moments of awareness that you have, it's just the better, you know, I don't, I don't read that many scientific studies about meditation, so I don't know the exact benefits, but it always feels nice to just, whenever your brain manages to get out of that monkey brain mode and actually be aware of what's going on around you. Cause like I could be walking and have these beautiful views around me, but I'm just lost in my thoughts. And then when you get to appreciate it, just makes life a little better. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's mindfulness, which is the the skill we build. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, I think you've mentioned it very briefly, but you mentioned that you have your yoga business. So just before we started recording this, I was looking at your website, which your new de newly designed website, which looks absolutely amazing. So do you want to talk about how you went from basically like stumbling upon yoga by accident and getting really interested in it and then doing the yoga teacher training and then actually having your own online yoga business? Yeah, so it's a fairly recent thing. Um, as most people with online businesses, as of now, most of them started this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I after I graduated yoga teacher training, I taught in studios, I taught in my hometown, and then I taught a couple places in Madison as well. Um, I was teaching to different organizations, corporate settings, things like that. So always in person, I had never really done online classes. I took them sometimes on YouTube, but I never taught them. 
So then COVID happened and I kind of saw a need was there for stress reduction, of course. And um, I was unemployed at the time. I had like three jobs and none of them were in business in like April, May. So I started putting some of my energy into building a first version of my website, um, creating some courses and just putting some yoga out there into the world online. So it was a huge learning curve for me. Um, I study communication arts and digital studies. So I do graphic design. I'm really passionate about like branding and marketing and those things but it's a whole different ballpark when you like start trying to do those things for yourself mm. um so i just i just started and i hosted a free class to build up a little bit of an email list and i um put courses out there right away which i don't think anyone encourages you to do before you build an audience um so i have a few courses from when i started and so yeah i, I put it out there in like may and then I started in September doing free classes on YouTube. And that's kind of my focus right now. Um, I think, you know, I have a few lower priced offers out there. And now I really want to focus on bringing yoga to people in a really accessible way, which is through those free classes. And I have like a Facebook group. So it has been a lot of fun. And I love that I get to combine those like graphic design and branding interests with yoga because I always said like since I got my certification, if you asked me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, I said I want to combine marketing and wellness somehow. And it's like, well, I thought I'd be like working for Manduka or something, <laughs> you know, I didn't think I would ever just like kind of become an entrepreneur, which feels funny to say, you know, um, but yeah, so it's been great. And I really like, I found that it's really fun for me to create content. I really like the whole thing. And I, I recently, like you said, I launched a new website and I did a whole rebrand after like I don't know, five months because I was just like, well, I'm ready to like really dive into this and get serious about it. So yeah, I, I do college. I have another part-time job processing mortgages and then I pretty much fit in all the yoga things when I can. That's so awesome. I feel like when you really enjoy it and you love it, then it's, it's easier to make time for it and you, and you fit it in however you can. Um, you were talking about making the courses and whether it's too early or like people would say that it's too early before you built an audience but honestly I would say I I did like a I think it was like build productive habits in 30 days or something like that back um before I started my YouTube channel so I think my blog maybe was just around for a couple of months or I don't know, I don't even remember the timeline at this point, but the point was hardly anyone watched my videos or saw anything that I did, but I just decided to put it out there. And there was like this optional ebook that I had. Literally only my um, newspaper advisor bought it. I sold one <laughs> copy and it was um. someone who knew me in real life. It was like a teacher basically. And honestly, like you could say that it was too early for me to put that out there, but I feel like I built a lot of skills like it takes so much organization and planning to pull together 
something so big like that. And then I think those skills came in handy for when I was ready to actually give it another shot when I knew that people aside from my friends and teachers would actually be looking at it and possibly buying it. So I think it's always a good time to just give something a try because you always learn something in the process. Yeah, I'm so happy I did. I So yeah, I have three courses. One's a beginner's course and then I have one on like heart openers and then I have one on like lower body and like letting go. So Mm -hmm. each of them has like three yoga classes, like a digital download and like a guided meditation. So I was like, I don't even, I don't remember. I mean, COVID has been like a whole blur of a timeline, but I don't even remember like how I got the idea where I was like, yeah, I'm going to build some courses, but I just started and I started diving in right away. And now like I make my YouTube videos and now I know how to record a yoga video, which I just had to figure out as I went. So yeah. And I, I live in a tiny apartment. So at the time my mom had like a rental house that was vacant in Tomo, Wisconsin. So I like drove up there <laughs> to record my videos and I just like made it work however I could because I wanted to create something. And yeah, now I'm now I'm in much more of like a rhythm and the, the tech issues have been eliminated. <laughs> and yeah, but it's it's so fun and I'm so glad I did. I love that. Well, I just opened up your YouTube channel in another tab and I love all your thumbnails. Like, everything looks so good. So I'm just so excited for you and to see this whole thing grow. So definitely people people listening to this should check it out. Uh, yoga with Cassidy. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so then I wanted to just do a quick lightning round, as I'm sure people uh, are already used to by now listening to this podcast. So my first lightning round question is, what are some books that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, so on the topic of like body positivity um, that we mentioned, Right now, I am like three-fourths done with a book called What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat um, by Aubrey Gordon. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely loved it so far. It's super informative. It talks about fat phobia, um, some of the biases in like every day for people in larger bodies and also in like healthcare, it brings up some really like systemic issues that if you're in a smaller body, you need to read it because you probably have not thought about a lot of these things. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a really good one that I'm reading right now. Another one that's a little more lighthearted, I guess, is um, Meditations from the Mat by Rolf Gates. And I had this book on my wish list forever, and it's 365 days of daily passages. They're only like half a page to a page each. So that is my 2021 doing something for myself every day um, as I'm reading a passage from that. So I guess what, it's like the 27th. So I'm not that far into it, obviously, but it has been great so far. And he covers... um, It goes through the eight limbs, I'm pretty sure, because we're starting at the beginning, so I'm assuming that's the path it's going to take. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more about yoga philosophy and just kind of get something to, like, ponder and think about each day, it's it's a good one. Yeah, I like how manageable that sounds, just little bite-sized pieces every day. How about, what is a favorite quote of yours? Yeah, um, I think when I started my yoga Instagram when I was in yoga teacher training I made a post for the first time and it was like a picture of my manual and felt so artsy and I was like really (laughs) becoming a yoga teacher and I said find yourself and be that and I still really like that um I feel like that's just it speaks really to like being authentically yourself and I was like I in high school like I wouldn't 
have ever put a video of myself doing yoga on YouTube. Like, I just don't think I, I would have had the confidence and I wouldn't have been able to show up so authentically like that. But as I've grown, I've definitely become more comfortable with myself and stepped into my passions a little bit more and finding myself and being that. <laughs> I love that. So much has changed. And finally, what is a favorite yoga pose of yours in general or currently one that you're working on? Yeah, so um, my favorite yoga pose is happy baby, which is just as fun as it sounds. You grab the soles of your feet. So you're laying on your back. I'm trying to like talk through this. You grab the soles of your feet. Your tailbone kind of stays rooted onto the ground and your knees come towards your armpits. So it's just like a nice stretch, but I always tell people to smile when they do it because it's like, come on, you're doing happy baby pose. Um, so that is my favorite. I just think it's fun. And I, you know, I work on like handstands, headstands, inversions occasionally. To me, you know, it's not it doesn't say anything about my worth as a yoga teacher if I can do those things, which was also a mental block to get over, feeling like I was like an imposter because I couldn't do a handstand. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like to work on like challenging poses sometimes, but happy baby is my jam. And, <laughs> and then usually right after is Shavasana, which is the glorious time at the end of a yoga practice where you just lay on your back and that's it. And you just soak it all in, which can also be challenging. People have just like stood up and left in my yoga classes. And I'm like, this is three minutes. You just got to calm down. You got to be still. It's so good for you. I know it's hard, but yeah. Get back down. Lie down. <laughs> <laughs> I just give them like a little wave. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Next, next time you'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is making me really want to do a yoga video. Cause I remember when I did it a little bit more. I, I haven't done yoga in a while, honestly, but when I used to do it, I loved happy baby pose. And I also remember in yoga with Adrian, she was saying, I don't know if there's even a name for it, but we were just standing. And then she had us like, um, like turn side to side and like let your arms just like hit your body the way that you sometimes see little kids do. And I just love that whole mindset of remembering how you used to move when you were a little kid and you didn't really think about how you looked. You were just moving the way that you wanted to. And it's so freeing to just like twirl around or roll around on the ground like a happy baby. Yes, that is exactly why I like happy baby. It's just like freeing and intuitive and playful. And I think, yeah, I mean, if someone hears this podcast and they're ready to start doing yoga, let it be playful. Um, you don't have to be hard on yourself. If I always say, like, if you wobble, if you fall, like, I'm a yoga teacher and me too. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay and just have fun with it. Yeah. I love that. So where can our listeners find you online? I'm sure there's many places, but where should they go first? <laughs> yeah, um, so my website is, well, yogawithcasty.com was taken. So it's yoga-withcasty.com is my website. You can find all my social links there. Um, otherwise, YouTube and Facebook are both just Yoga With Cassidy. My Instagram is at cassidy.yoga. And um, I also have a group on Facebook, which you can find from my page. I just have like a little button that says join group. And that's just kind of a chance to like interact a little more closely. You can ask questions. So if you're really trying to get into it, that would be a good place to be and to communicate with me. And yeah, I think those are all the places. But from my website, you can get to all of them. 
Awesome. Well, I'm, I really hope that people use those resources and that they get into yoga and meditation and start learning more about it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I loved recording this episode. I honestly did not know that there was so much more to yoga than I'd initially thought. So it was a very eye-opening conversation for me and I hope that it was for you too. Three takeaways that I pulled from this episode were, first of all, if you have not really tried any sort of yoga but you are interested, like Cassidy said, you don't need much to start. You don't need to pay. You don't need to go to a yoga studio. You don't even need a yoga mat or any sorts of props. If you have those available to you and you would like to use them, then that's awesome. But you can also start, you know, in your bedroom with a towel. Um, find a free video on YouTube. If you want something more comprehensive, you can find a course or a guide or a workshop or something like that. But at the very core of it, you don't need much to start. My second takeaway was very similar, but regarding meditation, if you do not currently have any sort of meditation practice, I mean, we laughed about this in the episode, but like literally you just have to lie down or sit or stand, have your back nice and straight and breathe and just be aware of your surroundings and your thoughts and that's it. You're meditating. And finally, my third takeaway is regarding business. So I love that our conversation um, went so smoothly from yoga to also business because it's super cool that Cassidy was able to combine her passions for things like communications and graphic design and such with her passion for wellness. So we talked about how some people might say that, so we talked about how some people might say that before you've built an audience, it might be too early to put out a course or a workshop or things like that and I countered that whatever stage of your journey you create something at you always learn skills and so I wouldn't necessarily agree with those people I think it's always a good time to start a project because even if not a lot of people see your project you will have learned very valuable skills for future projects when you do have a huge audience my action step for today is to pick one of the practices that we talked about in this episode and work on it and it doesn't have to be a long-term commitment. It doesn't have to take a long time. I think I personally often feel the pressure to turn things into a habit. Like I need to start a meditation habit or a yoga habit. But you can just try something once and just have it be a fun experiment and not worry about oh, I have to do this every day starting from now on. So I actually recorded this episode back in January and I'm just editing it now, the day before it goes live, because I was successful at getting ahead of my recording schedule, but the editing schedule is a little tougher. But so last week I did a yoga video that a friend sent me and I was so surprised at how good that felt. And I didn't pressure myself to be like, oh, now that I did this, I, I should do it every week or every day or anything like that. I just enjoyed how nice it was in that moment. I opened a window and had a nice breeze. I was stretching and moving and it was just really, really nice. For Bliss Bean updates, next week, Wednesday, so March 10th, I will be doing a study stream at 11 a.m. Central. So study stream is kind of like a live study with me platform where people can log into this Zoom room that basically functions like a virtual library where you can study with other people. So I am scheduled to join that virtual library next Wednesday. So if you want to study or get some work done alongside me, I'll post some more details on Instagram or I'll also put the link in the show notes. 
We are also on week two of the spring decluttering series. I'm so excited for this week's video. This week I am going to be decluttering my room and I loved editing this video. I got it all done in one day. I had planned to spread the work of editing over two days, but then I just felt so inspired the first day that I pushed to get it done and I cannot wait for you guys to see it. I will be premiering it like usual on Friday at 10 a.m. Central if you want to join in real time and watch it alongside everyone else. Finally, my recommendation for today, I recently finished a book and some of you might be surprised at which book it is, but I read The Bullet Journal Method by writer Carol and the reason some people might be confused or surprised is because I did make a video titled Why I Don't Like Bullet Journaling. No, I'm not starting to bullet journal. I read the book for research purposes and I don't mean that as a joke, like I'm actually researching for a project that I'm working on, but I was really curious to read about the precise method from the founder, the creator of bullet journaling himself. And even though reading the book kind of reaffirmed for me why the bullet journaling system doesn't work for me, I felt like I still got a lot of good tips and advice for my own planning and organization systems that I could implement without necessarily implementing the entire bullet journaling system. Like there's a lot of concepts behind it like intentionality or essentialism that I can definitely get behind. I think it's just a good reminder that not all productivity systems and methods will work for you, but you can pull bits and pieces from other systems and kind of mix and match to create your own and you don't necessarily have to follow all the rules of one established method. So yeah, I think if you bullet journal, it's a great resource, a great guide, but even if you're like me and you don't bullet journal, you can still get a lot from that book. As always, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at TheBlissBean and TheBlissBean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's TheBlissBean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at TheBlissBean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.